this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey there, and welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about, you know, romance novels and everything that involves them. I am Jess, and I have the honor and the joy and the privilege (laughs) of hanging out with a guest co-host today, um, Miss Vanessa. So uh, did you want to introduce yourself I would love to have just said no, just to throw you off. Yes, I'd be happy to introduce myself. He's <laughs> um, like, no. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Liberty did that to Rebecca once and I've wanted to do it to someone forever. But no, we won't do that today. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so I'm Vanessa Vies. I am the managing editor at Book Riot. So I am the person who is more or less kind of in charge of most of the things that have to do with content at Book Riot. So on-site stuff, newsletters, podcasts, I work with our staff of contributors, contributing editors, and our staff. Um, most of you, not most of you, some of you, I should say, may have heard me. I am also one of the co-hosts on all the books and all the backlist. And I have actually, When in Romance might be the first, if not the second podcast that got me kind of into Book Riot, like once upon a time. And I have very cheesily noted is absolutely the podcast that really got me to be like a full-blown romance reader. So this is uh, a little bit full circle. I've been listening to Jess and Trisha's voices in my heads for a long time. And today is the first time we actually spoke with mouth words in all of those (laughs) years. So here I am. (laughs) Mouth words. I love it. So yes, uh, those of you listening and are like, but where's Trisha? She will... Hopefully be back with us the next time around. She's dealing with some family stuff. Keep her in your thoughts. But uh, she is hale and hearty. I should mention we are recording this episode on Thursday, October 13th, 2022. And you will be hearing it on the following Monday if you're listening to it immediately. But, you know, if you are listening to it five years down the road, some stuff is news that you will already know about. In theory. (laughs) In theory. (laughs) So um, first up, I wanted to do a quick follow up. Thank you to Rhonda, who emailed us about a fantasy romance recommendation. And um, Rhonda says, I highly recommend To Hive and To Hold by Amy Crook. The world building suggests it's dystopian, but we never learn the details, but just learn about the current world as the book progresses. And Rhonda also says that uh, she found it on a gay steampunk list, but it's really actually solar punk. So um, that sounds really cool. Thank you, Rhonda, for writing in. And uh, if you have read To Hive and To Hold, tell us your thoughts. And I look forward to adding it to my TBR list and maybe someday reading it. In five years. <laughs> in five years. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yes. And also calling all of our astrology lovers, we have a really exciting announcement, one that I'm particularly jazzed about because I got to contribute to this, as did several other Book Riot folks. And that is that Reading the Stars, Astrology for Book Lovers by Book Riot is officially out in the world. Are you a Libra who prefers balance and fairness? Or maybe you're a Pisces whose emotional intelligence demands a vulnerable memoir? Well, reading the stars will help you better understand how your zodiac sign shapes your reading life and offers book recommendations to help you build on those strengths, also explore areas of growth, and understand your own sign a little better and learn about others. So whether you're the kind of person who knows your birth chart by heart, backwards, forwards, inside out, or if you're just getting curious about astrology for the first time, reading the stars is still for you. Publishers Weekly calls Reading the Stars an ideal gift for bookworms with a celestial bent, and I know I am definitely excited to get this for more than a few people this holiday season. 
act surprised. <laughs> now through October 31st, you could enter to win Book Riot's Reading the Stars with an obvious state celestial print notebook and tote bundle. You'll find a link to that giveaway in the show notes. And again, you have until October 31st to enter. Reading the Stars by Book Riot is available now wherever books are sold. So we hope you'll run and get a copy or two. Ah, okay. Well, we've got that quick stuff out of the way. And we're going to take a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books for Young Adults. From number one New York Times bestselling author Jennifer L. Armentrout comes a book I have to tell you about. It's Half-Blood, and it follows Alex and her mom who have spent years on the run from The Covenant, a school where their pure descendants of gods hone their powers and half-mortal teens train to kill demons for them. When her mom is murdered, Alex has two options. She can become a servant for the pures or work twice as hard to catch up in her training. The second option seems easier, but it gets a little complicated, you see, when pureblood Aiden becomes her personal trainer. So falling for Aiden isn't her biggest problem, surprisingly. As demons close in, she must fight to stay alive, even while others around her are dropping dead. So again, Jennifer L. Armentrout does the thing when it comes to romance, fantasy, adventure, all those things. Other books are Blood and Ash, A Shadow in the Ember, all those good things. Make sure to check out Half-Blood by Jennifer L. Armentrout. And thanks again to Bloom Books for Young Adults for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by World Editions, publisher of Salamalik by Khaled Alasmael. In this unflinching story about Arab masculinity and homoeroticism, Farat, a Syrian in his early 20s, visits Sibki Park in Damascus, one of the city's most popular cruising areas. There he learns about the Hammam's secret meeting places for gay men located throughout the old city. So inside these public baths, the air is thick with the scent of bay laurel soap and naked men hide in the steam. Ferd faces sometimes violent disapproval from all levels of society, regime, religion, the man in the street, you name it. And yet he manages to find the love he's been seeking just before his world collapses and he's forced to flee. Find out more about Salamlik by Khaled Alasmael, translated from the Arabic by Larry Price at IndiePubs.com slash products slash Salamlik. That's S-E-L-A-M-L-I-K. And thanks again to World Editions, publisher of Salamlik by Khaled Alasmael for sponsoring this episode. Vanessa, Trisha and I recently started doing a thing at the top of every podcast where we talk about what we're reading at the moment, because why not, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're here to talk about books. Why not? (laughs) We're here to talk about books. So, Vanessa, what are you reading? I'm One of the books that I'm reading, I won't say too much about because I'm actually going to talk about it in a little bit once we tell you the the theme of today's podcast, Um, and that is the you know, this may give it away a little, but it's The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. So I'll talk about that one a little bit later. But you know, witches, secret society, irregular, like super up my alley in all the ways. And um, so in case it isn't clear in October, I absolutely do that thing where I'm like, I'm going to save all the witchy reads until it's time to read them in, you know, I'm a bit of a mood reader. So I went with just witch content all around for my TBR this month. Excellent. Uh, And the other one is uh, Her Majesty's Royal Coven by Juno Dawson. And the best part about that is I don't actually know too much about it beyond the fact that it involves a coven of, I believe, it's like a found family situation. Some of them might be sisters, but the rest aren't. And Patricia, who also is one of the co-hosts of all the books, recommended it as sort of a read this, not that, if you're wanting to do read like magic, witchy, magic school type of stuff, but not support a raging transphobe. <laughs> so I <laughs> literally put it on my TBR whenever I saw her post that on probably Instagram stories. I think that was two, three months ago. And magically, the hold came in like two days before October. So um, yeah, there's a coven, there's sisters, there's a, you know, a, a baddie, there's some great like trans rep, and it's just very, you know, queer and queer positive. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. I'm only like 10% in but it's narrated by a, I believe, Irish woman, and she's got just the best narrator voice, and I, I love hearing all the things. So, yeah, it's really fun so far. Awesome. I've heard a lot about that. People keep telling me to read it, and I'm like, sure, someday. Um, 
it, that's that's my new response to everything because I'm just I'm sitting in a room full of books that I have not yet read and oh, it's starting same. to starting to like push like you hear the telltale heart this is the telltale <laughs> library um, and and then I just add things like right now I just on my lunch break today I started listening to A Thief in the Night by KJ Charles which just came out this week yes. it's an audible original so it's only available in audio for the next six months and then it'll be available in ebook and print and for some reason, I ended up back on audio Audible because I canceled my subscription because it was like, I don't have time to listen to stuff. But apparently now I'm listening to things and right now I'm listening to all of those Audible original novellas. Mm. <laughs> so this one is, you know, classic KJ Charles. You've got like an Earl who has to deal with the fact that his father just like destroyed their house and also ran down their fortune and you've got the thief who he met on the road home and who seduced him and then stole his money and then they run into each other again at the earl's decrepit house and uh, something happens after that i haven't gotten beyond that. <laughs> But it's it's going to be fun because KJ Charles books are delightful and this is a very short one. Um, so I'm happy to get into it. And on the opposite spectrum, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I am farther than I expected to be in the Jasmine Throne, um, which by the time you are reading this, listeners, or listening to this, when in romance, folks, hopefully I will have finished this book because... I have to run a book club about it on Sunday. Uh, um, <laughs> but but up And it is a fantasy with sapphic characters with based on like South Asian culture, myth and legend. And it's very good, but very thick. Um, so if you're looking for a fantasy series to pick up, Tasha series, The Jasmine Throne, uh, the first book in the Burning Kingdoms is an excellent choice, but plan better than I did and start ahead of time. <laughs> uh, funny enough, one of the books on my list today, I recently bought at Powell's. And when I was at Powell's in the bookstore here in Portland, I was searching, just browsing through other stuff. And I saw, I don't know what grade they were in, but it was definitely like a, a child. So like child, I mean, I guess not child. <laughs> That's probably not fair. It's probably a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but was walking through and picked up the Jasmine Throne and, like, clearly didn't know, like, how big of a book it was. And in, like, the lowest guttural voice, just all by themselves, was like, oh, man, she thick. <laughs> and, and didn't realize I was standing next to her. And I looked at her and I was like, I've heard it's really good. She's like, oh, okay. And then she kind of ran away. And it was just a funny moment. <laughs> but, That's yeah. adorable. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Looked very happy to, to own it, though, which was great. <laughs> but, yeah, it was cute. Yes. Yes, it's it's good to be excited about thick books. I know, I know that, that like one of the big things happening now, especially on TikTok, is just like thick books. Yep. But you know, I had that joy in high school and some of college, and now I just I want like a nice same svelte book. <laughs> yes, I dig that. Well. Now that we've talked about what we're reading and uh, given a little hint of what we're going to be talking about later, why don't we talk about some news and notables, which um, our regular listeners might have noticed we haven't really been doing very much, in part because all of the news has just been bad. So bad. And we just, we didn't want to talk about it, but there's some fun stuff happening that I definitely wanted to put on your radar if it's not there and remind you of joys about if you did know it existed. Um, so Vanessa, do you like cons? So I'm funny. I'm from San Diego. <laughs> 
And so I have not been to one because all I ever remember about cons is that like the city was suddenly just like super busy and like hectic <laughs> whenever oh, Comic Con rolled around in a way that, you know, if you're a regular resident is like just chaos. Uh, but now I'm super bummed that I never did and I've like wanted to go to one forever. So it's my goal in like 2023 once now that I feel a little more comfortable traveling again. Yeah. To hopefully do a con. So that's that's where I'm at on the con scale. <laughs> yeah. I I've never been to one of the enormous ones. Uh, you know, I've been to conferences that are relatively big size, but they don't quite mm-hmm. have the same energy as a con. No. And I've <laughs> I've been to a couple that are like medium sized and then like there's a Comic Con in Tucson that's like maybe ten thousand attendees. The closest Aww. I get to a real con is the book festival that's held here. There's yep. like a hundred thousand people wandering around and I'm yep. just like ah it's a um, lot. <laughs> but I am planning to resolve that myself by hopefully going to the RompCon next year in Anaheim. And this is an event being put on by the Steambox group, Steamlit, um, they have a, what do you call it, subscription box that they do with special books and stuff. They have events, but they decided that what was missing, and it's true, was a big author-centered, reader-centered romance convention. And they're hoping to put one on in August of 2023 in Anaheim. But they don't have the cash, so they are doing a huge fundraiser, crowdfunder. Yeah, I was like, I was there, I was getting there. It's like crowdsource thing, Steamylit. (laughs) I I forgot the why. I think Steamylit is one thing, and Steamylit is another thing. But Steamylit does the Steam box. There's a lot of things, and I'm pretty sure they probably wanted to make this SteamCon. Unfortunately, that already exists, and it's steampunk-related. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. But I meant the wrong thing. <laughs> RomCon is just as cool, and they have already got a humongous author list. Um, and if you follow them on their socials, you can see who has already agreed to come. It's um, there, like there's at least fifty people on that list, if not more. And then their um, fundraiser has tiers, like a Kickstarter or something like that, where you can donate fifty bucks and get like a T-shirt, or you can donate two thousand dollars and spend a day in Disneyland with Christina Lauren um, and some other people. There's like eight of those I think um, and there's some stuff in the middle of course that was just telling you the range um, but I think their goal is like 250000 and they've hit 60 or 70 as we are talking so maybe by the end of the weekend they'll be halfway to their goal we'll see um, but yeah. if if you are interested I would definitely like at least Follow their stuff so you know what's going on. So even if you can't donate, you can be sure to get tickets immediately when they go on sale. Because this is going to be wild. Like, I'm so excited. Yeah, Anna. I mean, I'm in San Diego very regularly because I just go there all the time to see my family. Anaheim is like, oh, I'm skipping a jump. I that that may be the con that I hit in 2023. <laughs> like that would be so easy. I mean, these are these are my people. Like, I like going to comic cons, but like, there's like total tracks that I just like. I have no idea who you are, anime dude, but have fun, right? Extremely same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, this is just out. like, you don't know where to turn next. It's it's going to be great. I'm going to lose a lot of money, um, but I will come home with lots of books. Oh my gosh, you're not kidding. I'm staring at their social, like the, all the <laughs> authors that are confirmed. This is this is a problem. Yes, a good problem. A very good problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it just keeps getting... Whoa. <laughs> yeah, treat yourself to that Instagram scroll. <laughs> that is great. Right? So if you want a very good problem, when in Romance Readers, make some plans to go to Disneyland in, in August of 2023 and then just sort of tell your family... Scoop over. <laughs> uh, we're going for, We're going to stay for a couple more days. Sorry, but... Quick little pit stop. It's fine. <laughs> so that was the big news that I wanted to talk about. 
There are a couple other little things, mostly involving um, adaptations or books starting their way towards adaptation. The big one this past week was the love hypothesis being optioned for film. Please be good. Please be good. (laughs) Those notes are actually in our agenda, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Which I I love. (laughs) I I was like, please be good. Yes. Because there are a lot of ways that it could go wrong, especially because Ooh, that yeah. book that book is very internal. Like I don't I don't know how anyway, we'll 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 see and enjoy. Um and also um I I didn't mention it in my notes, Vanessa, but the people we meet on vacation has announced a director and a lot of the people involved in this movie are men, and you know, that mm-hmm. is not a th- I'm not saying that that shouldn't be the thing, but it's weird. But chin hands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm. Like, hmm. I am the chin hands emoji. I, you know, may your effort succeed. I hope it's great. Pero yes. Tengo yeah. preguntas. And <laughs> we're going to have to see how that goes. Tengo preguntas. Absolutely. And another adaptation thing. We have good news about the Flatshare adaptation. There are photos. It looks great. I'm so excited. But we also have bad news about the Flatshare adaptation. I cannot find any dates for a U.S. release. Only the U.K. and continental Europe. It's like, coming soon to the U.K. and Germany and Belgium. And I'm like looking for the United States in the announcement. And it's like, well, why not us? None for you. (laughs) And, you know, I'll keep... It's supposed to be releasing on the U.K. Paramount Plus thing. So I'll just keep an ear out because sometimes things just show up on Paramount Plus here in the u.s without any kind of announcement yeah yeah you're very right there (laughs) Uh, all the streamers so many streamers (laughs) so many streamers um and now netflix is talking about offering a lower price thing but with ads and it's like Mm -hmm. we got netflix so we didn't have to watch it that is another conversation for another (laughs) podcast on another day And one last thing, I'm talking a lot, so I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, Harlequin has announced another Romance Includes You. And Trisha and I have talked about this before, but if you don't remember, this is a mentorship that people who are unagented or self-published who live in the U.S. and Canada and who are often members of underrepresented groups. Um, I'm not sure if that's a requirement, but the people that they reach out to are usually those where they submit part of their manuscript and they can get a contract for one book with Harlequin the last person who got it was uh, Sara Taino, who is adorable and wonderful, and her first book was great, and that could be you. So I will include that information in the show notes if you are also a romance writer on top of being a romance reader. Okay, Yay. I've done a lot of, like, the news voice. <laughs> so- You've done it well. <laughs> oh, thank you. So why don't we pause for one more ad spot and then we can talk about what you're really here to learn, which is what books are we going to be recommending for you today? Today's episode is brought to you by Random House, Publishers of Wild Ground by Emily Usher. A story of first love that will break your heart. Wild Ground is a bittersweet novel that follows two teenagers whose all-consuming relationship is tested by the forces of class, prejudice, and addiction in a small English town. From the beginning, it has always been Neef and her beautiful, troubled mother, Chrissy. When they move to a small town to follow Chrissy's older boyfriend, it's a chance to start over. And on the first day in their new home, she meets Danny and the two form a friendship that gives way to the slow burn of romance as they grow up, desperate to escape the confines of their world and the forces that hold their families hostage, like substance abuse, poverty, and racism. 
Now this is perfect for fans of things like normal people, euphoria, and sex education. It centers working class women in small town England. It's steeped in the dialect and lyricism of Northern England. So make sure to check out Wild Ground by Emily Usher. And thanks again to Random House, publishers of Wild Ground by Emily Usher for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Sourcebooks Landmark. From the best-selling author of The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle comes a new mystery. A fog has swept the planet, killing anyone it touched except for the island where villagers and scientists live in harmony. The villagers content to do what they're told by the scientists. But then one of the beloved scientists is found brutally stabbed to death, and they realize the security system around the island has malfunctioned and has wiped everyone's memories of exactly what happened the night before. So someone on the island is a murderer and they don't even know it. Best-selling author Stuart Turton is a major voice in the mystery space, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and his second novel, The Devil and the Dark Water, have sold over 450,000 copies and become a TikTok phenomenon. He's received fantastic reviews from best-selling authors in major outlets. Make sure to check out his latest work, The Last Murder at the End of the World. And thanks again to Sourcebooks Landmark for sponsoring this episode. All right, Vanessa. Vanessa, Vanessa. <laughs> this is where things can get messy. <laughs> I am, I'm familiar. <laughs> but we're going to do it and we're going to have fun because we have a lot of, uh, what, what did we say? Season appropriate books yes. to talk about. <laughs> interpret at your will (laughs) but yes (laughs) so yeah i'm excited to talk about all of the books that we're going to be discussing today because i do not read season appropriate books throughout the year i am definitely a cram everything dark into this time which didn't used to be a case for me i used to just read vampire books all the time like that was <laughs> that was my mo. Is it about vampires? Okay, I'm give reading it to it. me. <laughs> and that needs like I need to bring vampires back into my life. Like it, the interview Same. with the vampire show has reminded me how much I love vampire stories. And, oh, I can't wait to watch that. And they're popping up more and more and more. I feel like. They never went away, but they definitely like dropped in yeah. in popularity for a little bit. I think after the Twilight backlash, <laughs> and now yes, and now it's like you know what? Screw you! I love vampires, and I'm going to write about vampires. And thank you to everyone who said those words in at least in your head. Because now I have a cache of vampire stories to read. Um, and I'm not actually going to be talking about any vampires today. So Literally, I just looked at that list. Like, I cannot believe I didn't put a single vampire book on there. But I think a lot of, I don't know, what kicked in for me was recency bias. <laughs> you know, Trish did. We, I'm, I'm subbing in and we did this a little bit more last minute than Trish and Jess would have probably done. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's just put some books in there. And now I'm kind of disappointed in myself <laughs> that I didn't yeah. put anything vampy in here. But, you know, there's time. <laughs> yeah, because like I have I have some like on my list to read and I'm even like sort of looking at some around, but definitely recency bias for me. And also like I've been really getting into more ghost stuff. So I'm going to be talking about some ghosts and some witches and you can't talk you can't talk about fall romance without talking about witches especially this year because i feel like there are at least nine new witch series out yep. this year that like just like and they've all got like fun puns <laughs> yep i this morning i was looking at one that's actually on i mean i won't say on sale by the time your listeners actually re- listen to this episode but it's called hex appeal <laughs> and i was like oh that's cute yeah <laughs> and it's, nah, that's yeah. cute but there's so many. I had was trying not to be greedy in documenting which ones to talk about <laughs> today and now. Yeah, there's just so many. And as Jess said, maybe I'll read them sometime in the next five years. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So, Vanessa, as the guest, we will start with you. 
What's your first season-appropriate fall wreck? I feel so special. Um, <laughs> so I have to do Trisha proud here by just giving an honorable mention to a book that you don't need me to tell you about because she's talked about it plenty of times. <laughs> but I'm going to drop it anyway because it's just like it mood-wise, it's just a book that like I read in the fall. I love it. And it's The Widow of Rose House by mm-hmm. Diana Biller. You know, again, it's got like a ghosty element to it. It's just, it's set in Gilded Age New York. It's just all vibes for me. So again, I won't tell you too much more about that one, but it's definitely top of my list for some like season appropriate reading from like the ghost story perspective. Mm -hmm. But my first actual pick, which is the one I mentioned briefly in the, you know, what we're reading section is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. Mandana, I believe is how you say that. I Um, believe you. Yes, I, I I looked it up too, and I wrote it down. <laughs> so it's just the the nerves of saying it on the spot. But it's a romance fantasy about this lonely witch who um she's one of the few witches in Britain. Her name is it's, I love her name. It's Mika Moon M I K A, or maybe it's pronounced Micah. I, I'm not sure. But she is trying to hide her magic, kind of you know keep to herself to keep her witch identity you know a secret, and so she doesn't really mingle with other witches can again just keeps to herself she's an orphan who has been orphaned since a pretty young age and was raised by strangers and there's one exception which is that she has this on like on social media like an online account she posts videos where she quote unquote pretends to be a witch and she's like well no one's gonna take me seriously because you know who (laughs) believes in witches except (laughs) then she gets this message that's like, yo, yo, will you please travel to our remote house? The house is called Nowhere House. And they want oh her gosh. to be like a magical instructor to these three unruly witch kids <laughs> who don't know how to control their magic. <laughs> so um, she's like, well, this is against all my rules, but like, I'm not doing anything. So she goes. And then from there, it's kind of, it turns into, from what I understand, like a found family story. But the oh. you know romance is that there is this very kind of, prickly librarian at nowhere house who is very protective of the, the kids and so he's you know concerned about like who this stranger is and it's like is she a threat you know what's up so that's like where the romance story you know comes in and i am only like mm, a quarter of the way into it but it is delightful and it's just so nice which we have seen in recent years but you know was not always the case to find witchy reads by authors of color was not mm-hmm. a thing we could do when we were younger so i am devouring all of them now that I have the chance. So yeah, it's really, really fun so far. That's the very secret society of irregular witches by Sangu Mandana. Awesome. I am very much looking forward to reading that one. So um, but I haven't picked it up yet because that is the story of that's the name of my memoir. Um, <laughs> so the first book that I want to talk about is yet another one of those books that was Audible original and you can still get it on Audible. But now you can also read the uh, ebook, or if you get it in print, you get a special bonus short story. And that is What the Hex by Alexis Daria. <sighs> it's a novella. And it is about a woman who has left her family home uh, and moved to New York to just sort of be a normal person. But she is going back to a special witch island <laughs> that yes. normal normal people pass through. But if you are magical, you can find it. Um, and you're taken there, like, by the god of the sea um, for a wedding, for, <laughs> f- for a family wedding. And when she gets there, everyone's being kind of weird. And she realizes when her magic sparks up again, because she hasn't used her magic in a while, but she has some some ability left that the groom is possessed by a demon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it happens it, to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, that's my favorite kind of wedding surprise. So she's like, well, what do I do now? And as she is running from one of his henchmen in the house, she runs into her high school nemesis, who she thinks did something sneaky and wrong to make sure that she did not get valedictorian the year that they graduated. So they have to figure out how to deal with this demon and also all of her family and his family and all of the weird things that are happening 
but they sort of accidentally make someone think that they are doing the stereotypical maid of honor and best man hook up at the wedding because that's the best way to explain why they're, you know, together. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's got all of the best kinds of, it's it's all the good tropes all together. You've got childhood nemesis, you've got enemies to lovers, you've got fake dating, you've got extended proximity, forced proximity, demonic possession. Um, Just all of it. (laughs) All of it. Amazing abuelas. Like it's, and you know, fun family stuff too, plus some exorcism. So it's just, it's very (laughs) delightful and it's well, it's very well narrated if you uh, want to listen to the audiobook, but I'm sure the print is just as fun and you get um, Winter Solstice, which is the the bonus short story at the end. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that is What the Hex, which the main character says several times <laughs> <laughs> by Alexis Daria. I, I was like legit adding that to my TBR while you were talking. And I, <laughs> in my head, when you were saying like the premise of the island, I was like, ah, Isla de Brujas. And I guess it's actually called Isla Bruja. Like I'm uh. looking at the description. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's described as the Adams family meets Miami. Like, I don't, I don't know how more quickly I could have added this to cart. <laughs> like, this is, this is great. <laughs> this is everything I want. It's so great. It's all the best things. So cool. Awesome. Well, now that I've added that, I will come with our our next, or our next pick, my next pick, which is The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, which I did actually recently finish. It was a lot of fun. And it was one of those that came in my uh, sort of list of advanced listening copies through Libro FM. And I didn't really know much about it, except that several people on Book Riot were recommending it. I'm like, okay, cool. Why not? The word dead is in it. Um, it feels seasonally appropriate. It's like, <laughs> Cool. Um, and it was great. So the main character's name is Florence. She's a ghost writer for this really prolific romance author. And of course, most people don't, like, don't know that. Even her own family doesn't know that. Like her brother, every single time they talk, it's it's cute. Like in the book, he just throws in like a different author name to try to like catch her slipping sort of thing. Yeah. We're like, oh, I cannot believe Nora wouldn't give you, a, you know, an extension on that. And she's like, nope, not her. Nope, not her. No. And she just, it's, it's really cute. <laughs> but she is in a bit of a pickle because she is, again, this woman's ghostwriter, but she just went through this terrible breakup with this person who you will want to punch so hard in the face for the betrayal that he does against her. Um, And because of that breakup, she is in a deeply like, I no longer believe in love, like romance isn't for me, romance is dead, it's a a fake, it's a farce, like what, what are we even doing here? So she finds out that she has a new editor, shows up, and she's first kind of lambasted by the fact that he's very good looking. And then she kind of loses her nerve because she went there to ask for an extension on the book deadline that she's you know supposed to be working on. And she tries to pitch this like, but what if we went in a different direction <laughs> that's very not happily ever after? And he absolutely hits her with a, well, that wouldn't be a romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like this whole thing. And she's, you know, upset about it. And, you know, all kinds of just annoyed when she gets a terrible phone call. And this is not a spoiler because it's all in the publisher copy, but to let her know that her dad has passed away. So she has to drop everything she was doing, obviously isn't going to make this deadline now because she has to go back home to be with her family. And as she's there, you know, they're preparing for the funeral. She's, you know, gathered with her family. This is um, in the South. I can't remember where in the South it takes place, but um, I just know that it's in the South. And so she's, you know, kind of contemplating life, Uh, especially there's this added little complexity that she hasn't told too many people about, but that both she inherited something from her dad. And that is the gift of or gift, if you want to see it this way of seeing ghosts. And then she's really confused when in the middle of kind of like a heated discussion with her sister, whom she's sort of estranged by, she suddenly sees that boss, like the editor in the room. She's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) It's because he's dead. Uh, and she's like, wait, I literally saw you 24 hours ago. Like, what is this about? And so she sort of quickly figures out that 
she normally throughout the course of her life has been there to like help the ghosts with their unfinished business. But in this particular case, there may also be something he's there to teach her. So mm. it's a story of like grief. It's this really beautiful story between her and her dad. Like her dad leaves this laundry list of really specific instructions behind for the funeral that like don't make sense <laughs> until they do. Uh, and it's, yes very touching and cute and again you've got the like ghost thing running through it so the the ghost part was just it felt very seasonally appropriate and it was it doesn't go at least it didn't go the way i thought it was gonna go and it was nice because reasons that i won't spoil (laughs) yeah it's just you know but again you're reading a romance so like there's that (laughs) yes that is very important to know that you're st- like the reminder that yes you're reading a romance so you don't have to worry <laughs> exactly which is like, I mean, one of the main reasons I turn to romance now more than ever in these times like I need a guarantee so yeah that's where mm-hmm. I was at um, but yes the dead romantics by Ashley Post so we've been talking about some relatively fun seasonal romances but I'll come back for you by Cherished Reed is not a light, happy ghost book. This one is one where I was reading it in the house by myself in the dark, and I actually stopped and went into a different room, put on a Disney movie with all the lights on, and waited for my husband to come home. (laughs) Such a Jess moment. (laughs) Who was just like, nope, nope, not doing this. Um, one of my friends was like, I saw you recommend that book, so I decided to make it my bedtime read. I had to turn the lights back on. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so anyway, this is that this is for you to know. Like, this is a sca- like surprisingly scary romance novel, and it is about a woman named Whitney, she and her sister Helen have inherited a bed and breakfast in northern New York, uh, close to close to the Canadian border. Closer to the Canadian border than to the city. That part of northern New York. Upstate New York. Upstate, but actually upstate. And they they both have skills that will help them run their grandmother's bed and breakfast. She used to be in resorts, um, but she still has some PTSD from experiencing a hurricane. Um, and her sister is a chef and is delighted by the ability to just plan her own menus. Unfortunately, they are not doing so well in their B&B because they keep getting bad reviews. And... So Helen, the younger sister, calls up ghost punters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't hold that in. <laughs> it's great because it is literally like it's a, you know, like whatever that channel network. It's not it's not called the that channel in the book, <laughs> but you, you know, know the, the, the one, channel yes. that has all that that's weird stuff. And it's, you know, a ghost hunting show where the main character is a former football player thus the punters we're gonna punt uh. that ghost out of there <laughs> and it turns out their cameraman because it's not a huge operation it's like five people is a man from Whitney's past and they still have some chemistry but like there's a lot of stuff that isn't that they don't think will work for them being together in part, the fact that the show is completely bogus, but the ghost is very real. So they get there and it's like, ah, oh, crap, we have a real ghost. We don't know what to do. Mm. Um, <laughs> so there's a, there's some real haunting and like personal fear of this very haunted house that's happening in this book while the two people are figuring out their own emotional and romantic thing. Um, so it's really good. It gets very deep into the emotions while also providing plenty of really haunted atmosphere. Um, so if that's your kind of thing, or even if it isn't and you're curious, I would check out I'll Come Back for You by Cherish Reed. I'm glad you put something moodier on there because I just realized, yeah, again, maybe recency bias, but most of mine are like, la la, and we need some variety. So (laughs) a very (laughs) apt description, very very detailed. Anyway, (laughs) Um, 
I needed to check. Yes. Okay. I wanted to make sure that the next pick was already out or if not, so I could give a release date. But yes, it came out in September. Um, so my next pick is How to Succeed in Witchcraft by Ashlyn Brophy. And this one is another witchy one. It is a YA, a witchy read. It's about Shay Johnson. This one I have not read. It's coming off my TBR, but she is a junior at this magical magnet school. (laughs) And she really wants to win a, the specific scholarship that would be like basically the ticket to go to the college of her dreams. Mm-hmm. But there, she's in like kind of stiff competition with this other girl named Ana Alvarez <laughs> that she constantly refers to her as Ana freaking Alvarez, which I just love. <laughs> um, so the kind of way that she's going to defeat, you know, her competition is to impress their drama teacher, who is the head of the scholarship committee. But then he asks the, that um, drama teacher, Mr. B, asks Shay to star in, <laughs> this is from the publisher copy, in this year's aggressively inclusive musical, which <laughs> says a lot of things. <laughs> um, so she like agrees, but she's a woman of color. So she's like, this, this, this should be good. Um, and she's upset, like, you know, moody because she's going to have to put it up with Anna, who is cast as the other lead. And so, you know, there's like a prickly situation going on here, except, of course, once they get into rehearsals, Shay is like, well, Anna is maybe not that bad. And maybe she's not only not that bad, she might be, you know, that good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, friendship, but maybe a little bit more. Oh. This might take a darker turn and I can't quite tell, but I do know that the premise next is that she, you know, the girls start to lean on each other because the teacher targets Shay with some unwanted attention. So it sounds like, and he's got like a pattern of bad behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about what's coming to know what kind of bad behavior, but we can all probably infer. So that yeah. is a thing that we, you know, might need to just keep in mind, especially if that's a trigger for you. Mm-hmm. But again, witchy. I love that magical magnet school just is a fun thing to say. And <laughs> that it's, you know, queer Southwick is, is a lot of fun. So yeah, I can't wait to pick this one up. And that's How to Succeed in Witchcraft by Ashlyn Brophy. Awesome. All right. Well, I will throw one more into the mix. And um, you might have heard me talk about this book before. I think I've given it a year. Um, maybe this is my <laughs> maybe this is my widow of Rose House. It like might maybe be. <laughs> I've talked about it before and maybe I'll keep talking about it. But it is The Tenant by Katrina Jackson. And it is a uh, another haunted house book <laughs> in which um, we have our main character who moves from Atlanta to Louisiana because he, I guess this is the thing, they keep inheriting houses. He inherits a house and his great aunt's requirement is that he restore it. And um, he thinks that means, you know, taking this rundown old house and remodeling and everything. So he gets on that. But what he doesn't realize is that while, yeah, sure, people say, oh, I I heard that place was haunted. It really is. And Ruby is very upset that someone is moving into her house. She has been there for a hundred years and she will be there for a hundred more. And she will make sure this man, especially that she can tell that he is a member of a family that did her so wrong in the past, he will not stay and she will make sure that he gets out of her house. But in the meantime, it comes to pass that he can tell that she's there, not always see, but sometimes feel. And sometimes that might lead to a little touch and go. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes, that's great. Yeah, I was like, what's a good phrase for this? How do I talk about this? I wasn't sure how you were going to land because you talked about this book before, but that was excellent. Got to make it a little different every time, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, So, yeah. Which one of those is The Tenet? You decide when you read The Tenet by Katrina Jackson. That one might actually be coming up on my library hold soon because of a past uh, Jess recommendation. (laughs) Awesome. Yay. <laughs> Hooray. Um, I had two more on here just because I was like, I don't know how many Jess is going to talk about. And y'all have a record for sometimes packing in 
a wild number of books into your episode, so I wanted to come correct. Uh, but <laughs> I'll just basically really quick give like flyby passes on these two because they're books that are pretty popular at this point, but I did enjoy them both. Um, the first is The X Hex by Aaron Sterling, which is about a woman who was going through a terrible breakup. Her name is Vivi. This one takes place, I think, in Georgia. And one night she is, you know, sad over the breakup with the the boy that she broke up with is this guy, uh, I think Welsh guy named Reese. Mm-hmm. And so she is so like, you know, doing the drinking vodka, singing sad music sort of thing. And she is basically does like magic, which is not advisable that you, you know, do this for this purpose, but she basically curses him. Mm. And um, it's like, but surely nothing will come of it. The funny part being that she did it with like a garden variety like basic fall candle, which I felt triggered by because that's like exactly the kind of witch I would be. It's like the orchard hayride scented candle. I'm like, yeah, that's that's why this happened. Um, so yeah, like years later, the guy comes back into town because he's coming to this fall festival to like help you know recharge the town's ley lines and like ooh, scary things are happening and it's you know could it be because of this curse and then also you know steaminess because these two are put into close proximity again and mm-hmm. it's great. And the sexy parts, I think, kind of come unexpectedly. Like, everything's like, oh, I hate you, da 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 And then, like, let's get it on. It's very yeah. interesting. But it's it's great. So, that one. <laughs> and then Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas is a book that is, to some extent, My Widow of Rose House. Like, I talk about it all the time. It's queer paranormal fantasy with romance about a boy named Yadriel who is a he's trans and he's trying to prove to his family on his, like, the, the ceremony, basically, in which young people get to become witches that he mm-hmm. is a brujo and not a bruja but he comes from like a really traditional latina family and they're not really wanting to accept him as a man so to get around that he and his cousin bestie decide to perform like the sacred coming of age ritual where the brujex come into their power except that it goes a little bit awry <laughs> he's, he's trying to bring back the ghost of his recently deceased cousin and instead plucks some other rando to, <laughs> and he shows up and i <laughs> affectionately dubbed him Hottie McGuapo because he's very good looking. His name is Julian. And so like we find out that like it's a kid that yeah they went to high school with and like he's got some unfinished business. He doesn't even realize he's dead until this happens. And then you know, feelings. So feelings. it's the, Yeah. It's, it's all centered on like the Yellow Los Muertos, which is a really big deal for me. My like I have a giant forearm tattoo of a skull and Tempasuchiles, the like Mexican marigolds. And it was just so great to see a lot of that culture on paper and it's romantic and cute and there's a ghost it's and the ghost is very funny and their their banter like really really excellent banter in this book with both those characters and with like the bestie maritza so a lot of fun so yeah those are my not so fast picks but kind of yeah <laughs> that one was cemetery voice yeah by Ian thomas that was pretty good and you know i was thinking you were talking about how Cemetery Boys is set around Dia de los Muertos and you have your your awesome tattoo. And it was like, why don't we have more adult romances like that? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, my end goal at one point would be to try to write something like that because it is still so missing. And I love like the creepiness around that holiday, but that's also like a really beautiful celebration. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it'd be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's that's our goal. You're, if you're listening and you've got a thought, write that thing. Um, Please. Because we want to read it. All right, so I think we've we've given you plenty of books to read. Go forth and enjoy. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Vanessa. Oh my gosh, thank you for. I mean, and you. This was like very last minute. This was like three days ago. I was like, hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> what you, you doing on Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was uh, effortless though. You're so easy to talk to. So this was great. Yay! Um, it's always nice to hear. And you also are, are great to talk to. And I hope to actually make mouth words with you again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> thank you to our amazing audio editor, Jen Sink. She makes this podcast even better by getting rid of half of my ums. <laughs> See? Uh, and then you can definitely find me on various social medias. You've heard them before, but Jess is reading all one word on tic- on No, not on TikTok, on Twitter. Jess underscore is underscore reading on Instagram, and Jess underscore is reading on TikTok. And you can always send us an email at whenandromance at bookriot.com. Vanessa, what are you out there doing? 
I am mostly on, yeah, Twitter and the gram as Buenos Dias, S-D. It's B-U-E-N-O-S-D-I-A-Z, like my last name, <laughs> S-D. And that's on, yeah, gram and Twitter. Awesome. Well, um, we hope you are enjoying this shift in weather. It's even finally fall in Arizona, and I'm very excited. The trees mm. don't change, so the only indication we get is it's suddenly 60 degrees at night. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm happy for that. And um, for those of you, if you have gotten back into reading, happy reading, everybody. 